Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, guys? It's your boy Thunder Chats here with another word from our presenting sponsor, BetOnline.ag. BetOnline remains your number one source for all your college basketball betting this season. Get analysis of every play, prop, and point at BetOnline. You'll find the latest odds, bracket contests, team matchups, and game trends at BetOnline. Updated odds for everything from live games to conference championships, right through the Final Four in the championship game. BetOnline is your college basketball headquarters this season. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Be sure to use our promo code BLEAVE, that is capital letters B-L-E-A-V, to receive your bonus. One more time, that is B-L-E-A-V, capital letters. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. And welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Topic Thunder Podcast. I am your host, Dylan Hunsinger, at Thunder Chats. We are part of the Believe Network, and this podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. This podcast is about the Oklahoma City Thunder. You may have heard of them. They're going to the playoffs, baby. I am joined by some exuberant young men in this in this uh, podcast right now. First, we've got the one and only, the man that is labeled eighth seed baby, Alejandro, Alex Roy. What's up, Alex? I'm I'm great, man. I'm, I mean, I haven't felt this way in a while, man. Like, we going all the way, baby. We championship, mm-hmm. boys. We championship. We championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, before before we get to some more optimism, I've got to I've got to go to the wet blanket. He's he throws a little bit of pessimism on our on our playoff hopes. But uh, Tierney, how are you feeling today? This is like the second introduction you've done now, where you just like. <laughs> You just intro me in like the worst possible way. And I don't know what I did to you. I don't know what I did to you. Dylan's Dude, least yeah. favorite member of the pod, Matt. Yeah, I, I, I just, guess. Like, I'm just putting you because you always say I was going to start, eh, we're before you even said that, I was going to say I, I was I, I was hoping you weren't going to do a, a Gabe introduction because uh, <laughs> fun fun fact, after I the whole time we were doing that pod, I... I in my head, I thought you were talking about Toby from The Office. And I was no. like, oh, that's like, that's kind of insulting, but it's not that bad. But then I realized it was Gabe, who's way worse. And it was just like, wow, that's horrible. But no, thanks for another negative introduction. Uh, <laughs> it's great to be here, I guess. I, I'm happy to see everybody else, minus Dylan, because they're nice to me. Uh, I I don't know why. I look like I've been crying. I was looking in the camera. No one's going to see it. Well, because Dylan's been bullying you. <laughs> Because I, apparently I've been getting bullied by him. It's just bringing me to tears. But I just have allergies, I guess. So it just looks weird. Um, but yeah, I'm. It's. I love being on podcast now, minus Dylan, where the the Thunder are just like in the best spot possible. I feel like that happened last week. We were in like a really high point. So it just seems like every Tuesday now. Uh, they got the higher, baby. But, yeah, they just keep getting better and better, and so I'm I'm excited to talk about it with you guys and uh, just just have a blast. Tuesday, possibly win, man. Yeah, just just like hype, hypothetical situations of winning it all, and it's just fun. Just do it. 
Yep. Just do it, man. Nike. And, you know, again, like I wasn't trying to throw shade at you. No, I was just poking fine. fun at it's you whatever. because no, you've been you saying we're tanking still. And I've been very clear. I do that because it keeps working. So you're welcome. Oh, yeah. Reverse jinx. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, he's been sitting very quietly waiting his turn. We've got to go to the underscore. Mr. Playback himself. Mr. Bleacher Report. Mr. YouTube. The one, the only, three count. What up, Connor? I'm amped. I said it before the pod. I am. I've got reckless takes I throw out there. I've been super optimistic for a while now. I'm feeling even more optimistic. Well, let's just let's just do the pod. Let's just do the pod. Let's do it. I'm ready. Let's do. I'm excited pod, for us to just like give out the most wild takes that like two months from now are like, wow, we are way too positive. The, t- the title fine. of this pod is going to be reckless abandon. Just go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fine. I like it. Well, hey, guys, I mean, you know what we got to do. We The Thunder played a basketball game tonight. We played the Brooklyn Nets, the new look Nets, which, by the way, shout out to the Nets. I like the new look. Um, but we played a basketball game tonight, and whenever we talk about a basketball game, we've got to talk about the single large item. So let's get into it, boys. Uh, Tierney, since you are the subject of bullying, I'm going to give you the first single large item. I did this last time, too, and I told you I need to get ready. It's fine. <laughs> Whatever. You just hate me. Okay, hold on. While he's doing okay. this, I just got to say, I, I didn't compare him to Gabe. I compared him to Jared from Silicon Valley. I know. Which I some know. people say is worse than Gabe or better than Gabe. I love Jared. I think he's hilarious. I think he's the moral center. Um, and, you know, he just has mannerisms like tyranny. That's, that's all I mean by it. It's not a slight I at all. Just- I haven't seen the show, so I don't know how insulted I need to be. But I know Gabe from The Office, so I'm just anything like that. It's really insulting. And that was topic anyway. Silicon Valley. Absolutely. Go ahead, Tierney. Let's what you got. Uh, so I'm gonna be nice and give you guys the other ones that I think are gonna come up. So I'm going to uh, my single large item tonight is gonna be Lou Dort's shooting um, mm-hmm. because for some reason. He just decided to to light it up tonight. Um, they no were letting wet blanket him... on him. No, no wet blanket on him. Do, we need like him me, in that corner the rest of the season. Do not let Lou yeah. leave that corner. Yep, that's his assignment for the foreseeable future. Um, they were letting him shoot because he's historically not been great, but he just went off. Um, I think, was it the third quarter? Mm-hmm. Most of those? Yeah. Yes. Um, so, Lou Dort's shooting. Just, I don't think it's probably it's probably not going to last that long. But hey, maybe, maybe he keeps it up. Who knows? Yeah, six of eleven from three for the game. game. Seven. This was yeah. game seven, Dort. Yeah, six yeah, of eleven from this, three yeah. um, for the game for Lou Dort. Hit five of them in the third quarter. I think he missed only one yeah. in the third quarter. And you know we we came into halftime down ten. And we ended the third quarter up eight. And a lot of it was because of Lee Dort's three-point barrage. Like, he added 15 points by himself just from the three-point shooting. And he wasn't the only person doing stuff out there. But, yeah, like that, I, I think the first bucket out of halftime was a Lee Dort three. So, it really kind of got the thunder going. Yeah, it was Absolutely. it was crazy to watch because it was just yeah it was one after another after and there was like one early on right at the beginning of the third then he had a stretch of like three back to back to back mm-hmm. and then it was another couple minutes and he hit that last one I think that either tied it up or gave us the lead and it was like he completely put the team on his back over that stretch yeah. hitting five 
or was it all six all in the third quarter? Uh, no, he. I was trying to find the split. Okay, I was gonna say I thought there was one yeah. earlier on. I know there were five in the third quarter, but like ridiculous stuff. You don't see that typically from Lou. That was his season high six threes, which probably isn't very surprising. But like when Lou is hitting threes like that, I mean, we were down what like we were down ten at half. We were down by sixteen points 16. towards mm-hmm. the end of that first half. And then the third quarter, we end up going up by double digits because of Lou shooting as well as the play of other guys. But when Lou is knocking down threes like that, there's not many ways to stop this offense because if he's hitting mm-hmm. his threes, it almost looked like he like well, – it was like him if he was um, the little kid in the Thunderstruck movie and Isaiah Joe was Kevin Durant and he just <laughs> stole his, like, his shooting talent in this game. Because uh, Joe has been struggling a little bit recently, which he's earned the right to struggle a bit because he's been shooting 45% from deep all season. Yeah, uh, But just to see Lou have that stretch, it's really great, especially because he's been like statistically the worst shooter in the NBA since the All-Star break, at least amongst guys that put up volume shots. So to see him snap out of the slump in a big way in this game is it's huge for this team going down the stretch and what is all of a sudden a super big stretch for this Thunder team and for the Thunder going forward. If, uh, if, the, if the Thunder make the playoffs by one game, then this game, Lou deserved every of that, every one of that fifteen million dollar contract that, that mm-hmm. he has right now. He mm-hmm. he earned it in this game. Yeah. One one last thing, because why I was looking up, I was trying to look up the splits for Lou, but I couldn't find him. I'm just looking at game by game. Apparently, he's just now like does this thing where like once about once a month he gets hot from three. Um, so I think this was just his 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 one this month because he's done it uh december 15th he did it january 15th he did it february 26th and today is march 14th so with and by that i mean he's made at least four or more threes in a game so he's just he was on cue yeah and Cone mentioned like you know we need to keep blue in the corners and we talked about like throughout the offseason after the draft like with Chet on this team, Lou Dort was going to take kind of a back seat in the offense. He wasn't going to have as many ball handling opportunities. His offense was going to be simplified. And, you know, that's that's something that I and a lot of us have said. Like, Lou Dort's shots are going to be simplified to the corners, and he's going to be more of a either catch-and-shoot guy or attack-closeout guy. He's not going to handle a lot of, you know, ball handling opportunities. He's going to be that kind of guy on offense and really attacking on defense. But with Chet going out, other opportunities presented themselves throughout the roster. And, you know, it's it's just a testament to, you know, kind of our uh, kind of our thinking in the offseason that this works, not just for Lou Dort, it works for our offense. And, you know, there was there was a couple instances tonight where you just allow your mind to wonder what it would look like if it was Chet on the other end of some of these passes, if it was Chet in the lane on defense. And like, yeah, your, your, your mind can go some crazy places. So um, before it does that, um, Alex, are you still there? Because I know you got to get off in a second. I was going to let you go next. Oh yeah, man. Just uh, this stretch by, uh, by Jalen Williams, by J-Dub has been, it's, it's amazing, man. Like he's like him averaging like basically 23 points, uh, per game for about the past eight games, nine games, ten games. Um, small sample size, yes, but just the the way that he's done it, like he he, you know, one game he has to basically 
take over Shea's role because Shea's not playing. Um, another game, he has to just, you know, this game, like tonight, he basically just picked his spots throughout the game and was just very efficient um, throughout the entire game. And that's basically what he's done over this this pat, this stretch um, of like 10 games. And it's just been something that you look at it and his his imprint on the game has been his his imprint on the game has been all over the place. It's not just scoring, you know, it's defensively, you know, he picked, you know, at the end of the game, basically to seal the game, he picked the pocket of, it was a Dinwiddie, I think it was, and uh, drove it down. It was Bridges. Okay. Drove it down the lane, two long arm people against, you know, against each other, drove it down the lane, got the end one um, and hit the free throw at the end and put us up. I believe it was by like 13 um, at the end of the game that basically sealed it. Um, just his play has been, has been great. And, you know, you kind of see the marking, you know, I've, I've heard, you know, like, like John Hamm and, and I think it was John Hamm or was it, it was somebody on, on uh, OKC after dark or the dream team, they, you know, they were talking about, you know, they let their mind go to Scottie Pippen and, and Kawhi Leonard type levels. And it's there, you know, it's the possibility is there as far as like that type of player, um, you know, right next to somebody that scores a lot in Shea. Um, and so it was just awesome to see him, another game where, you know, you had a three-headed monster slash four-headed monster in this one. And, you know, Jalen was, for the most part, the second best player on that, you know, in that game. So it was just awesome to see that. Yeah, I just, uh, when the game ended, I tweeted out J-Dub's stats since the All-Star break. Uh, he's played 10 games since the break. 21 points per game, 5.5 rebounds, 4.9 assists. Two steals, 58.5% from the field, 46.7% from three, 84.4% from the line. Like, is it's that good? Those, it, it's pretty good. Uh, like, that it's is, with the defense that he's been playing, those are like borderline all-star type numbers mm-hmm. if extended over the course of an entire season. Now, I'm, I'm not saying Jada was going to do that for the whole season next year, but he just accelerates everything we're doing so much the fact that because every team has to get and i'm gonna say like lucky in like quotation marks because i think you know according to brian windhorse like okc saw jadab they said he's the one we want but every team has to get lucky you're not going to always get like the top like third like top three pick top two pick the number one overall pick you can't just only hit on those picks to succeed in a rebuild you have to hit on the guys below that We've already hit on Jada. Like Jada could literally be this player for the rest of his career, and it's a hit at twelfth overall. Like mm-hmm. this guy, who's a great glue guy, can play defense, can score consistently. Like when Jada figures out how to draw fouls, how do you stop him from scoring consistently? It's ridiculous. The finishes that he had, he had like that Magic Johnson type baby hook over Nick Claxton in this mm-hmm. game, yeah. who for most of the year has been in running for Defensive Player of the Year. It's ridiculous. He just finds his spot so well. The playmaking's there. The defense, at the beginning of the season, we saw the flashes, but now we're seeing it like consistently with the steals getting in passing lanes, the athleticism, the burst, too. It's just ridiculous. And the fact that we got this guy at 12th overall, I would have been cool for you getting a guy playing like this at second overall, and we still have Chet in the wings waiting to play. It just accelerates the timeline so much. He really, like, of course, Shea, his play has been a big difference. The play of, you know, like I say, a Joe coming onto the scene, Giddy's having a solid sophomore campaign and everybody in between. But Jada really is like the difference between us making the playoffs and or being in this playoff race and not being in the race at this point in the season. If we didn't have Jada, if he's not playing like this, 
we're not in this conversation. And that's part of why mm-hmm. I've completely switched. I've been tried to try to be objective all year, but Jada is my rookie of the year. And I think a lot more people are coming along to that. I do think Paolo is still going to win. But mm-hmm. the impact that Jadab is having, he doesn't quite have the stats of Paolo, but what he's been doing, especially in the second half of the season, while Paolo's numbers have dipped a little bit, the impact that he's making on a team that is pushing for the playoffs, and if the season ended today, would have the chance to win two playing games to make it in. What he's doing right now, I've switched. And it's a little bit of bias, yes, but I really do think he's got a great argument for truly being like the rookie of the year with the way that he's been playing. I wonder if it could be like a Scotty Barnes situation from last year where, you know, he had he had the stats, but he also had team success. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we had mentioned that earlier, like, because Scotty Barnes is the example of the, not the stats, but the winning culture. Um, yeah, I, and just comparing season stats between Paolo and Jalen, it is obviously still Jalen. Jalen, I mean, uh, sorry, Paolo. Um, Jalen's got, like, it's, it's crazy looking at his season stats and then looking at where he is now, it's like a totally mm-hmm. different player. He's like 30 low 30 percentage from three. And it, uh, I just had it up. Where is it? 13 points a game. He's like not doing that at all right now. Um, and I didn't realize, <laughs> I didn't realize Cone was going to had the stats from all-star break. I just picked like, I was, I was going to pick like very specific timelines of where he was playing really well. So I picked, the last, I think this is the last eight games he's played, and it's like slightly better. Uh, so it's like 50% from three and 22 points per game. So I just want to throw that out there. It's like, oh, maybe if we select this spot, it'll make him look even better. So <laughs> even there's more a little, some, exactly that just feed the fire a little bit. But this game, I catch the half my strings bugging out. Dylan, unfortunately, had one for me, but uh, I caught the second half, and there was. I think it was the it was either the end of the third or beginning of the fourth where Jalen like he he had it was the sequence was basically a missed shot but then he got his own rebound put it back the next play he had this weird like he went under the basket but then like wiggled his way out and got it to Usman who basically put it in put in a bunny um, and then like a few plays later it was. I think it was a turnover uh, from Dinwiddie and then he ends up taking all the way back for an and one. And just the, the entire like sequence of that is just to me, a player who, despite being 21 years old, just he's in such good control of his, his skills and like his ball handling capabilities and his command of decision-making on the court. That's ridiculous for someone that young. Um, So I totally agree with Cone. Like, I think he's, this is the type of player we could expect for the rest of his career. The, the, the decision-making from someone who knows nothing about basketball is just watching for fun, but his decision-making with with the basketball is just unbelievable. Not even for someone who's a rookie, but for somebody, uh, even a veteran, like he just, he, he makes good decisions consistently. And it's just, Oh, it's just awesome. Yeah, he's like, he really does feel like Shea Light out there a lot of the times with some Mm. of the movements that he's making, the smoothness to his game. Um, I don't know, man. You like, you give me, you give us a Shea Light type player with like high level defense already. And I mean, what do you do? Because if he, if Shea's off the court, 
J-Dub's not the same type of scorer as Shea, but you have someone that can initiate the offense. And it's such a big difference, uh, such a big reason why we're a lot more watchable and just like everything feels a lot more cohesive from last season to now is having a playmaker, a ball handler like J-Dub who can consistently get his teammates involved. I mean, Giddy's always been able to do that, but now you've got Giddy, you've got Shea, you've got J-Dub. Like we're building that we've been building this roster of guys that can handle the ball and make plays for others. And it just continues to expand with now having another star. And then we keep saying it, but you know, Chet will be back next season or I mean, hopefully he'll be back by the time we play in the finals, but He'll be back at some point soon, hopefully. So, so speaking on that, so I, I have to go here, you know, in a little bit, but um, I just love that the position that we're in, that we can kind of, you know, it's been a while since I've been, I've looked at the standings and been like, you know what, a seven-eight matchup with Minnesota, yeah, I think we got that. And then you know what, a two-seven matchup with Memphis without Jaw, or maybe even Jaw coming back from like a long hiatus, you know what, we got that. And it's just it's just kind of fun to just be looking at the standings and be like, yes, yeah, you know, we can finally like not just games of consequence, like the old but times, like, but like imagination of consequence. Like you know, it's just like looking at stuff and saying, yeah, we can do that. We can do that. So it's just fun with that. I'll leave you with that. You guys go ahead and you know run with this and and kill it, brothers. Take it easy, brother man. Thank you. My eight seed baby. Thunder up. Yes, sir. All right, one more thing to say about Dub before we move on. Um, you know, you guys. I think all of you have referenced the play in which he stripped bridges at the end and went down the other end and finished through contact for the that A1. was Okay, I didn't know if that was the same play. Sorry, I, I thought it was Spencer too. No, no, you're good. Um, I was just going to say, like, I, I dare not evoke the Brody's name, but the reaction afterwards in which he just let out, like, a primal scream, the crowd was going crazy, finishing through contact with one hand, it – reminded me like completely different scenarios different players i'll grant you all that all the caveats but it reminded me of that playoff game against the lakers and which yeah. Russell westbrook finished yeah. through contact and went stomping screaming up the court after he got the foul call like it's i, I love a player with that passion and i mean we, we've seen throughout the year dub's got that passion and it, feel, uh, it yeah. feels like I, I saw some people saying it on twitter it feels like a 2010 type year Right now, mm-hmm. in Oklahoma mm-hmm. City, man, things feel real good. Like an MVP caliber player on the rise, multiple young stars. Like it, it feels really good right now in OKC. The vibes uh, when Giddy hit that three, and he was going crazy. You saw Mark behind mm-hmm. him, even kind of give a little bit of a smirk. Like Mark is always so stoic. We could be about to win the finals, and he's sitting there like with that. He's like, where- yeah. It looks like yeah. he's – I've always said it looks like Mark has all the clues to solve a mystery. He just can't quite put it together and something feels <laughs> off. He always he's like He's like in the penultimate face. chapter of the movie. He's almost Exactly. There. It's like he's sitting there. They're like, Mark, what are you doing? We solve the case. He's like, something's not right here. It's, I don't think we got the thing. right guy. Exactly. He always it's looks like that. Yeah. And then when Giddy hits that three and he's like smirking and Giddy screaming and Shay is like chest bumping him and so is J-Dub and everyone's going crazy. Like it feels like – we're on the verge of that arrival that Sam Presti talked about. I thought it might be next season. It felt like next year, oh, maybe we'll make that playoff push. It's now, like right here, we've got this chance. And I've fully convinced myself we're going to make the plan at the very least. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens from there, but, you know. Yeah, I wanted and to then, throw out this type of – oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say last thing. on. Like, I got two more things to, to say on Dub. Um, you know, we talked about with Lou Dort how his shot making in the third quarter really 
helped kind of spark the run to put us over the top um, in the third quarter and obviously the game as well. But uh, a play that I kind of bookmarked um, when it happened was at the very end of the second or at the end of the second quarter, Josh Getty got the rebound was streaking down the court with like four seconds left for the layup. I think it was Dorian Finney Smith that like completely erased a shot, but every step of the way Jalen Williams was step by step with him, just trailing behind the play and read it perfectly. As soon as he blocked that shot, he went up, tipped it in before the buzzer went off to cut the lead from 12 to 10 and get a little bit of momentum going into the locker room. And, you know, when you talk about how he contributes to winning, it's plays like that. It's hustle like that. Like, you know, in a second quarter of a game in in the regular season, you know, maybe that's the like you know the dwindling seconds of a second quarter in the regular season. Like sometimes that's when guys kind of take off. They let the energy kind of drain off going into the locker room. Like, okay, go get them in the second half. No, like Jalen Williams went out there, put the hustle on, got the bucket, and sparked the run coming out of halftime. So, I uh, love that. And the last thing I'll say is apparently, so Nikias Duncan uh, tweeted, "I get so much joy from watching OKC. That was awesome." Mm-hmm. A certain Connor uh, responded to that as well and said, me too. Um, but somebody else responded. J.J. Reddick actually responded and said, same. And somebody asked J.J. Reddick, thoughts on Jalen Williams? J.J. Reddick responded, man crush. And then he replied to that tweet and said, no, seriously, he's going to be a star. He also Let's said then go. he's going to oh. try and get that he's supposed to be on his podcast at some point. So, yeah, he ooh, said he's trying to get Giddy too. Podcast. Yeah, yeah, man, that'll be that'll be He's, good. It'll be cool to hear some more of that. JJ Reddit might be the best like basketball media guy out there right now. Yeah, I was I was gonna say I don't watch I don't listen to a lot of NBA podcasts to be honest. Like this is literally the only one I actually listen to. But the one I I do watch a lot of is is uh, JJ. I just think his like analysis of the game is very like easy to digest as someone who is not as intellectual about these things. I just like I like listening to him talk about it. Yeah, man. Well, if uh, I, I guess if you guys are going to leave them to me, uh, I'm just kidding. I'm going to go to Cone first. I'm going to let Cone have it because I know he's very excited. Got the hezzy um, I, I don't know what he's going to do. There's a couple options here. So, Cone, what's your single large item for the day? There are a couple options, but I'm going to I'm just going to take Shay. I guess I'll just keep it simple. Ooh, you whore. Um, <laughs> uh, 35 points, seven boards, four dimes, 12 of 24 shooting. He started off like one for five. They wouldn't give him a foul call. It didn't matter because then he shot 11 of his next 19. And all of a sudden he has 50% shooting, 35 points, seven. Like it's a typical Shea game. Also, he and the rest of Thunder guys have won me $200 tonight. So shout out to them. Hey, uh, appreciate that one. Money. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't really know what there is really to say about Shea. It's funny. At the beginning of the game when he was one of five, I think, uh, he had like a turnover. I saw a Nets fan tweet out like Mikhail's got Shea locked up. And then, you know, you saw how that ended up going. It really doesn't matter because Mikhail is an, a phenomenal like defender. He was mm-hmm. third place, Ooh. I believe in defensive player of the year last season. God, um, I love that not, guy. Yeah, he's not going to be in the conversation for this year, more. but you know, he's one of those defenders. Shea made it look like it was absolutely nothing in the second half. Like he, he was also getting some switches, you know, attacking those guys. But even with Bridges guarding him, he was making mm-hmm. him look silly a bunch of times. It was, it's typical Shea stuff. And this is what the best players do. There are very few guys in the NBA that can truly stop a superstar offensively. 
and when you have a guy like Shea who's becoming that offensive superstar, I think he's a future MVP in this league. I said it for a long time, and it's so cool to see it now actually look possible uh, sooner than later. I mean, I also said for a while he could be the best player on a championship team at some point. I think he's almost already at that point. Of course, you know, we haven't seen him in the playoffs at this level, which is another reason why I really want to make a play-in or playoff game in addition to this, getting to see the whole team is – I can't wait to see what Shea will do when the opposing team puts their best defender on him and says, you know, like, go ahead and beat us in a playoff series or beat us in a, a play-in game. Because I think Shea will. I think Shea will straight up beat them. However he's got to, he's going to go absolutely berserk. He's now tied once again for second place in the league with the most 30-point games. Something that at the beginning of the year when he averaged 30 coming out the gate, it was like, oh, this is amazing. He'll probably finish the season averaging like 27, 28 points per game, and that will be a phenomenal jump for him. Mm -hmm. He's going to finish averaging almost 32 points per game, most likely be a top five score in the league. And, you know, it's just uh, it's been incredible to watch. And the fact that like I'm almost I'm not desensitized to it because I still go crazy every time he pulls off something wild. But the fact that this is normal now from him against one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. It's just kind of ridiculous. Yeah, I, that was what I was going to start by saying. It's just like, we're, we're like, Jalen Williams, oh my God, 23 points. That's crazy. And then we're just like, okay, Shea got like, you know. Yeah, Shea with like a 30 piece, an efficient Yeah, he had a 30 point yeah. night. It's like, okay, cool. But that, that that's to your point. Like, it, it's crazy that uh, we just expect that now. But that's that's what a superstar is. It's like how nobody in like, no bucks podcasts are like, did you see Giannis got like 30 points tonight? That's crazy. Like, it's just, that's what he does. It's a superstar. Um, so it's cool to see that he's moving into that, that field. Um, uh, I want to um, have a, I have a hypothetical. If, if betonline.ag, our sponsor had this, which I know they don't, but if it was like Shea Gilgis Alexander wins the MVP and then it's like every year and you could bet on one year, what year do you pick in the future? I I pick twenty twenty five. I think I think okay. next season. I think next season when we have Chet back, I the way that we're going right now, I feel very confident in saying that we can be a really solid playoff team next year. But I think if you give Chet like another year to grow, you give Shea another year, like Jade up another year. Because to be an MVP, you've got to be one of those top seeds. And I don't know if we're quite there yet. Although I think right. when Chet comes back and if we make some moves, especially because say we have a great season next year, we can add more pieces the year following, which helps propel us up. Um, and, you know, as Shea gets kind of that recognition for playing the playoffs, he'll get more of that notoriety too. So I think next year is a bit premature, but you give it another year. I think 2025 is the year I would take if I had to take one. Yeah, I think that's safe. Uh, 2025 is a good year because – Everything Cone said, but also you have four picks in the 2024 draft, um, four first round picks. And I, I don't know, man, like there's there's a lot of like like set in stone players in this rotation, at least in my eyes, that are already on this team. Um, and then you add Chet, you add whoever you get in this year's draft. And I think that we're not going to bring in four rookies. <laughs> I think that those those picks are going to be used to bring in somebody to yeah you know better this team and so i think you know as Cone was saying you know a higher seeded team you know the best player who's putting up a performance like shay's been putting up is usually the one that kind of gets the look in the mvp discussion and i think that in order for that to happen you know we might you know kind of unload the clip and in, in that 
uh, in that sense with the with the draft picks. So yeah, I'd say twenty twenty five is cool, and I relish the year twenty twenty five for when Shea wins the MVP. I also um, I read I, I've been seeing a lot of stuff that apparently the twenty twenty four draft class is supposed to be really rough, like yeah. that it's it's not or at least in terms of it like right now. Sense. Yeah, in terms of right now, like the high school talent going into it is not great. Obviously, there are going to be a bunch of guys that just pop off the page and become mm-hmm. phenomenal throughout the season like it always is. But compared to like this year where everyone's like, oh, there's Victor Wimbanyama. And last year, it's like, oh, there's like, you know, Paolo and Chet and all these different guys. And then yeah. the year before, it's like Cade and Mobley. This year, there's not really that many guys like that. And so if there's ever a year for us to go ahead and say, Hey, we're going to just, you know, like Dylan, you were saying, we're not going to bring in four rookies trade off some of those picks to get better in the immediate term, especially if next year we're a solid playoff squad, a star becomes available. We could, we're like, Hey, we have four picks this year. We've got all these future picks as well. Like, what do you want to do type thing? Especially if, you know, like that 2024 pick is say five or six or seven, like top 10 from the Houston Rockets, you know, then, that's also a great asset to you. So I think we're just set up so perfectly. Like everything is really playing out exactly how we could have asked for it. Yeah. That Presti and... guy knows what he's doing, dude. <laughs> yeah, he's good at his job. They should hold on to that guy. He's, he's so good, yeah. Yeah, well, a couple more things about Shay before we move on to my single orange item. Um, see, I, I love doing single orange item because I let you guys have your single orange item, but then I get to say what I want to say too. So, um, so. <laughs> With Shay on the single orange item, the things that don't stick out on the stat sheet, um, just the amount of hustle this dude plays with. Like he's a star in the NBA. Like he's the num- he's like a top ten to twelve player in the NBA. And you don't see a lot of star players go down to the floor in a mix of bodies to try to get a loose ball uh for a possession. And we've seen Shay do it time and time again this year. And like I said, like I love that hustle. Like it's it's a great quality to have. Uh, what I don't love is seeing Shea grimacing in pain uh, after he gets up from the hustle play. Mm-hmm. Um, but specifically, what he was doing in the second quarter, I think he scored by eight straight points after um, he dove down for a loose ball and got the jump ball um, from I think it was Nick Claxton. Um, but yeah, he scored eight straight points and like he was doing it in clear discomfort. Like Shea, it's yeah, I'm getting choked up here again. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Shay is playing in like clear discomfort. Like he's clearly in pain, but he's still putting the steam on his back and, you know, just going out there and getting buckets and doing everything he can to win the game. And I also tweeted this out. Shay's the type of dude that will um, force you to pick the ball up and then pounce at, on top of you to grab the ball and try to force a jump ball and immediately just help you back up and pat you on the butt and say, good hustle. And then beat you in the jump ball. Yeah, even if you're a seven-footer. So, uh, yeah, sh- shout-out Shay, man. Um, you know, making making winning plays out there. Um, but, yeah, that leads me to my single orange item. And, I mean, this, the, I mean, there was four players that went off tonight, and so it's only fair that there was four of us tonight. So, uh, Josh Giddy, man. The Thunder from down under put up thir- 15 points, 13 rebounds, 10 assists. Um, he had two steals on top of that. Wasn't super efficient shooting the ball, 7-19, 1-3 from deep. But 
he really got it going. Um, I think it was early in the fourth. Um, Shea was off the floor. Yeah. Dario was in, and Giddy and Dario were just tearing the nets up inside. Like I think Giddy picked up like three or four assists just off of Dario Sarch buckets, and well, he only had four points, so he picked up two assists off of Dario Sarch buckets. <laughs> Um, but I, I really liked what I saw out there. Like, you know, he was in full command on, of the floor. Uh, only had one turnover to his 10 assists, which got to love that ratio. Um, led the team in rebounding. And I, I just got to say, like, from a team sense, I was going to leave this for leftovers, but since we're talking about it, the Thunders starting lineup had as many rebounds as the entire Nets roster tonight. Hell so, yeah, dog. That's, we're going uh, crazy on the board. Just Jade about a double double, Giddy at a triple double. Mm-hmm. Like it was. Dort had we, nine. Shea and Boom had seven. Yeah, it was. We were, we were boarding out there, and we were getting destroyed in the first quarter on the boards. Like it was mm-hmm. really frustrating. I think Clax had like four or five in the first quarter, and a few of them were offensive. And by the way, I want to give a quick shout out to Mark for pulling out hack of Clax. I feel like we rarely Clax, see that baby. at that point. Love that strat. Uh, yeah, at this point in the NBA, I feel like it's very rare that we see teams do it. But Mark's like, hey, we're going to do this. And it worked. Like, I think he went um, one for – or two for four, two for five. Four for or nine. six. Like, I was just – four the, for nine for the night. Okay, yeah. And the time we were hacking him, I think he went like three for six or something like that, which you'll take. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, shout to, like you were saying, shout out to Giddy. I kind of got off on a tangent there. Uh, Giddy was really good. He's been, you know, struggling to score a little bit. But when he gets the opportunity to just go out there and play make and just take over in that way, it's so fun to watch his ability to pick apart a defense. I did it really badly to Golden State last time we played. He did it again tonight. He was just completely, like you said, taking over. Felt like every time he was getting downhill to Dario. Dario should have had an and one um, mm-hmm. on that one play that they called yeah. an offensive foul, which Dario got called for two really bad offensive fouls in this game. Oh, that there was one where the guy's foot was in the restricted area, like very clearly. Then he got yeah. offensive. Yeah, there was that one where Cam Thompson or not Cam Thompson. Oh, my gosh. Cam Thomas was on his back and his head was just because of height difference. His head is at his shoulder. And he just kind of backed up a little bit. And he came like did the thing where he throws his head back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, head and, back. Yeah. yeah. And he got the offensive foul call. But um, Giddy was feeding him inside. He was kicking it all around uh, to basically everybody setting everyone up. It's just another example of how we have another high-level playmaker and someone that can just create plays for others. That's gonna this offense is especially as guys continue to get better and we get more and more shooters. Like, how do you stop an offense with Shea who can get downhill better than anybody in the NBA and shoot mid-range jumpers with ease? Well, also he doesn't shoot a lot of them, but he can knock down threes pretty efficiently. Uh, Giddy can get downhill and just pick your defense apart. Playmaking wise, Jadab can dunk on you, hit you, hit a mid range, do basically everything that Shea can as like a lighter level. We have three point mm-hmm. shooters. Like, how do you stop this offense that we're making? There's just so many weapons on it, and I feel like Giddy gets forgotten about a little bit because it's like Shea has been so good, and then Jadab is like the new mm-hmm. guy on the block. I feel like people forget a little bit about how Giddy's having a really solid rookie season, and you know, fourth triple double of the year. So shout to the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, man. I mean, he hit the biggest shot of the game. Like, um, you know, at that point, I think we were up 11, but Shea, you know, kind of kind of going back to Shea, like, you know, he ended the night efficiently. Like, he was 12 of 24, 1 of 1 from 3, 10 of 12 from the stripe. But um, I actually documented at, like, the 
I think like eight minute mark, Mikael Bridges hit a three in the corner right in front of the Thunder bench and kind of turned around and did his three point celebration right in Shay's face. And I was yeah. like, this is a developing story. That. I'm going to see Ooh. how this goes. Um, Shay only scored six points when he came back in. He missed like five or six shots um, down the stretch. So we clearly didn't have it going down the stretch. So to have the wherewithal to, you know, realize that he was bottled up on that possession and kick it out to Josh Giddy. And for Josh Giddy to have the confidence to just pull up despite his abysmal shooting night, you know, prior to that shot um, and, you know, just drain it with confidence was just phenomenal. So, yeah. I, and, you know, I talked about playing with passion uh, with Jalen Williams earlier. Uh, Josh Giddy flexing and screaming um, in celebration was just, just amazing. Astounding. Uh, it's on the Bowie Sports Oklahoma twitter feed um if you want to see the video so yeah also um i'm gonna shout to jalen williams um another guy i feel like has gotten kind of overshadowed boom williams boom williams i, lo- I love jalen williams so much both of both of them but uh, specifically talking about jay will here man every time he draws a charge and the other team just gets I was so gonna say that. frustrated it is yeah so fun to watch i'll mm-hmm. see fans of other teams like melting down on the timeline because he's drawn his third charge of the game and they're like this guy doesn't play any defense oh this is draw charges and it's, it's so that's a skill, fun. dude. It, it's a skill and he is <laughs> the he might be the best in the league already at it as a he's rookie insane um he's just like his feel his the wherewithal to know exactly where his feet are outside the restricted area every single time is very impressive. And he's just been such a fun story so far this season, drilling threes with so much confidence, taking charges. Uh, one of those like really weird and like niche type players that it feels like most high level teams have where, you know, you're going to find very few players in the league, if any, that have the skill set of Jalen Williams who can knock down threes at 40% and take charges basically from anybody. It's just, it's really fun, man. He's also been an incredible player to watch um, so far this season, just an incredible draft class, you know, not Ooze's best game tonight, but he's had some great games recently. I haven't been in the pod over the past few nights when mm-hmm. uh, Ooze, especially against the Spurs, a game that we're not going to touch on because it was some ugly basketball. Yeah, um, not great. Not great. Yeah. The Jane gang loved it though. Yeah, for sure, because he was the leading scorer for most of that game. He finished with 17, right, in mm-hmm. that one? He was Something really good like out that. there, and he's had so many great performances. So you've got J- you've got the Jalen Williamses. One of them is competing for Rookie of the Year. One of them is the greatest charge taker to ever grace this beautiful league and game that we love. Um, you've also got Ooze, who's been showing a lot of signs. Chet Holmgren, who fits this team perfectly, and I'm going to keep reminding people. In fact, if you haven't done this us. recently, yeah, he does play for us. Please go like back us. and watch those summer league highlights. Mm-hmm. That first game that he had that had me tweeting out that Chet was the greatest player of all time. That's how good it was. Um, actually, funny. Can story. you can you imagine if he didn't play in that freaking Seattle game? Like, I just yeah, I, I can imagine that's, we'd be lifting Larry O'Brien by yeah, they would have just, forfeited just, the season it's just, already. It's just so much more annoying now that we know where we are position wise. Yeah, but it'll. I think it'll work out in the end because I mean, in the end, like it gave more opportunities to some of these other guys mm-hmm. that now have a yeah, chance to go ahead true. and perform and learn. And Chet's going to come back and do Chet things. So, um, but real quick, funny story. I don't think I ever mentioned on this pod about the Chet summer league game. Um, my girlfriend was in town visiting me. Uh, cause we went to college together, but she lives about three hours away from me when I'm back home where I am right now, actually. Um, but 
she was visiting me down here and we went to this brewery, me, her and my mom. And, you know, they're talking, but I'm like, Chet, like the summer league game is coming on. I have to watch this. So as I'm firing off my tweets yeah. about Chet being the greatest player of all time and watching him go off, I'm sitting there watching on my phone, just like what they're talking to each other. I'm just completely locked in on the Chet highlights. I'm like yelling at this table in this brewery, screaming about Chet Holmgren, who nobody else probably knows what I'm talking about. My phone got low on battery, so I went back to the car for a couple of minutes to put it in there to charge <laughs> So I during halftime so I could keep watching Chet. But long story short, please go back and watch those Chet Holmgren highlights if you haven't already, because I've watched them about 50,000 times uh, since that game. And, I mean, I can keep saying he's going to fit this team perfectly and really make us a playoff-type team, but it's – I mean, you look at us right now, we're the eighth seed, and we don't have a guy who, in my opinion, is going to be a future defensive player of the year on the team, so – yeah. yeah, for sure, man. I, and, uh, I do want to, sorry, yeah. I, real quick. I do want to just chime in because I, I didn't know where we were going to plug in the other Jalen. Uh, I think it's just so funny to have like uh, a utility player that's just really good at charges. It's just, it's, am- I, I it's amazing. Just, it's so awesome. It's just like we have this guy and he's really good at it. And there's nothing you can do about it. Um, so I just, I, I wanted to reiterate that again. Uh, the other thing though, because we were talking about some of the bench players and I was just kind of perusing the the box score while uh, this was going on. And I want to just give a shout out. Uh, what was the, Cone, you probably know this, the me or Dylan, you probably both know the meme of the guy who has like zeros on all it. What's the meme with the zero stat line? Tony the, Snell. Tony Snell, yeah. The Tony Snell Award. <laughs> um, I want to give it to Lindy Waters the third. Um, oh, did he have a Snell tonight? He had 19 minutes played. Zero points, zero assists, zero rebounds. Uh, he was 0 for 3, so he actually did attempt shots. I don't know if Tony Snell attempted any shots. He did uh, attempt Zero shots. blocks. Yeah, so it is the Tony Snell Award then. Uh, zero wow. blocks, zero steals. Uh, one turnover, one uh, uh, personal foul, plus five on the plus minus. Wow, so, the, the, the plus five Tony Snell. That's that, an impressive that's stat That's a plus line. five Tony <laughs> Snell Award. I just want to give the Tony Snell Award to Lindy Waters. I didn't so. even realize he snelled. That's great. He snelled. Yeah, I was looking through that. I was like, he played 19 minutes, and he didn't do a damn thing. <laughs> it did not feel like he played 19 minutes. That's no, crazy. Yeah. I, I know. I, I, just want, I saw that. I was like, was that's hilarious. <laughs> Dylan, he was plus five. Uh, plus five. Yeah, you felt you felt the, the plus you five. You felt five points on the scoreboard. That's what you felt. Yeah, you were like, wow, we've improved our scoring improved margin. Our scoring. That's what you our, felt. Our scoring margin, yeah. Exactly. Uh, I felt five guys blow by him on consecutive possessions. <laughs> And guess what? We won his 19 by <laughs> five points, Dylan. What do you want him to do? Exactly. Uh, exactly. Don't hate yeah. It. Yeah. I mean, in terms of leftovers in this game, there's not much left to talk about. Um, Isaiah Joe hit one of, of his five threes. Uh, the three was very timely, though. I appreciated very that. was. And yeah. I thought that he was actually part of the kind of group that helped come back. Uh, I think it was uh, him, Dor, uh, Dub, Shea, and Giddy, if I'm not mistaken, were all out there. We were kind of playing small ball. Giddy kind of was the de facto center. And, you know, say what you want about uh, Lindy Waters and Isaiah Joe. You know, they're both shooters, like shooting archetype. Joe at least no, I don't know plays how many a fraction of defense. <laughs> Lindy Water, I don't know why you're lumping Lindy Waters and Isaiah Joe in the same sentence. Isaiah Joe had a negative plus minus. Lindy Waters was plus Isaiah five. Joe was plus 11, my guy. 
Oh, was he really? Oh, wow. I, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I didn't actually look. Un- unreal. <laughs> Alternative facts. I love um, plus minus. It's so funny. My box score says different. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, if we're going with uh, just one more leftover from this game, uh, just shout out uh, Mikael Bridges. He's he's yeah, so nice, man. Stupid good. Thirty four. I was watching. I was watching the Brooklyn broadcast, and I th- I I might have I might butcher this, but I think they said he's had seven thirty point games in the fourteen games he's played as a Brooklyn Net. Sounds and right. He had like and he had like two in Phoenix. So he's getting him more exposure with the ball is clearly good. He's a really good player. He's averaging right around the same stats that Kevin Durant, although Katie's only played a few games in Phoenix, but he's averaging just about the same stats that Katie's average in Phoenix through his first few games. So, yeah, he's, I want him on the team so bad. He's so much fun. Yeah. It's a shame they won't trade him. Yeah. This, that that was something I was going to say, like, as my last thing, like I, I tweeted out, I would do things to get Mikael Bridges on the thunder. Didn't say what kind of things, just things. And, you know, had some fans chiming in from both sides you know, Thunder fans obviously saying they want him, saying packages they would give up for him, and the Nets saying it would never happen. Like, Thunder fans, like, obviously, it would be awesome to have Mikael Bridges on this team. I want Mikael Bridges on this team. But let's not do what Toronto fans do have done for Shea Gildas Alexander the past couple of years and try to, you know, make campaigns to bring these players to our team, um, you know, on, on these pipe shots. Because, like, for one – Toronto has, uh, I guess, more of a reason to do it since Shea is from Toronto. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, we don't have that excuse. But second, just don't be don't, don't be like Toronto fans. Like you, you know how annoying it's been. Not just Toronto fans, Knicks fans did it. Um, who was the other team that was throwing Shea? Oh, the Lakers. The Lakers thought that they could trade us Russell Westbrook and the two picks for Shea. Like, they do that with everybody, though. It's just Lakers fans. Yeah, so like, let's let's not be like them. Let's enjoy him from afar if the opportunity presents itself. Absolutely, let's bring him on. But let's 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 not be like them. Let's let's be better. Speaking of Toronto, is, how poetic is it that to go 500 on the season for the first time, Toronto's the team that's standing in our path after all the Toronto. Yep, after all the. Oh, Toronto's going to trade for Shea. It's a matter of time until he comes home. And this is a chance to push them five games under 500 while we hit 500 on a season where we were supposed to be rebuilding and they were supposed to take a leap. Isn't that funny how it works? Yeah. we're uh, Brandon Raybar actually tweeted, we're going against our toughest opponent on the season, going 500. <laughs> yeah, man. We're, we've looked really rough every time we've gotten to 500. So I'm hoping, but the, it feels different right now. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I want to say this on the pod real quick because I told this to y'all. Uh, this is something I, I think since the trade, not the trade deadline, since the all-star break, uh, post-break, I was thinking about it just like where we were going to end up. 42 and 40 is the number that I have had pegged for us since the all-star break. Mm. It's looking like it's a possibility. That is that is the record that I think we will finish with from looking at our schedule. And I want to note something on our schedule real quick because I saw a Lakers fan because someone was like, oh, OKC is doing all this stuff. And they were like, yeah, but look at their schedule the next few games. So we do have a tough schedule coming up. We have Raptors, we Suns, Clippers, Clippers, Lakers, second half of a back-to-back. I really hope Shea plays in that back-to-back. So I, know, I don't – yeah, I was going to say I don't think he will. I hope he, if, 
I really hope he does. I hope there's, they realize how big that like that game is. That they yeah, there's him. conspiracy that he sits the front end of that back to back. So I would probably yeah, I would, I would wow. let him. I would rather him sit the first half and play against the Lakers. That doesn't that doesn't make sense. Um, but the then other back to back is Hornets and Pistons. So yeah, because after that stretch of those games, we have Blazers, Hornets, Pistons, Pacers. Like those four yeah. games, and then we finish with. Suns, Warriors, Jazz, Grizzlies. We'll see if Jaws back Yikes. for that game. Um, Kevin Durant should, will not be back for this upcoming Suns game on Sunday. So that's a real chance to take that. So I think there's a real shot that we're game over 500 heading into the three-game LA stretch. We'll see what happens against the Suns because they still are really solid without Kevin Durant. But um, I just want to remind you all, 42 and 40 is where we're going to end up. That would like put it. us at like a 7Z, I feel like. I think I think it I think it would put us. Yeah, we'll see. We'll have to see how the Lakers do. But I think it was. I think we're going to end up eight or eight, nine or ten, somewhere in that range. Uh, but honestly, the fact oh, that really? we have the same record as the because it's all really close. Like the Mavericks are thirty four right. and thirty five. We're thirty four and thirty five. The Lakers are. Uh, which, by the way, I think us and the Lakers are going to be those last two teams in the play. Yeah, and I think too. the Jazz, Pelicans, and Blazers are starting to fall a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. So I mean. I I'm not really scared of, I mean, the Lakers are scary. If they get LeBron back, that's a little scary. Um, I think we can beat Minnesota. Dallas is interesting. Cause they've caught, of course they've got Luca, they've got Kyrie now, but they also have no defense whatsoever. And they've been below 500 mm-hmm. in games that they've played with the two of them. So I don't know, man, I'm feeling really, really good about the potential for us making the playoffs. I'm not going to say we're going to make it for sure, but I'm feeling good about the more that I look at it. So. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think um, a couple couple weeks back, might have been three or four weeks back, it was a pod I did with Alex and Dolan, and my official prediction was that the Thunder end in an eight spot. Um, so we're we're there right That's now. Right. So we just yeah. gotta just gotta hold Stay the, the line, man. Yep. Yeah, I need to go take a look at some of these other – like the Timberwolves are a team that's – the Timberwolves are a team we really need to have a rough stretch because if we can pass them, like that's that's so huge. But, yeah, yeah. I don't know. What is yeah, the Timberwolves schedule? I don't know if I looked that up. Another got, reason tonight's win was so important was the Lakers throttled the Pelicans. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. Which is probably that's kind of the result I was looking for. I think I've kind of accepted that the Lakers are going to be one of those teams in the plan, mm-hmm. uh, especially when LeBron, even like when LeBron comes back and all these different things. I think they will be the team alongside us that gets that second spot, like we were talking about. And so I just want every other team that could potentially try and take the spot from us to just kind of go away. So Utah Pelicans, Blazers. If any of those teams are playing like the Lakers or the Timberwolves or the Mavericks, I'm just rooting for the other teams to get out of our way at this point. I'm just mm-hmm. looking for that. But uh, the Timberwolves schedule looks like Celtics tomorrow coming off of a loss against the Rockets. So hopefully that's a win uh, for Boston. They play the Bulls, the Raptors, the Knicks, the Hawks, the Warriors, the Kings, the Suns, the Lakers, the Blazers, the Nets, the Spurs, mm-hmm. the Pelicans. They've got kind of a tough schedule. Yeah, it's pretty – yeah, there's some hard ones in there. Yeah, it gets easier I mean, towards still, the end, but that stretch of Warriors in Golden State, Kings, Suns, yeah. and Lakers is really – and then even like the Hawks have been solid recently. The Knicks are good. It's a tough stretch. They've got so a harder weird. schedule than us, so. I still am in like the Kings are bad mentality, so I see Kings <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's an easy win. And it's like, no, mm-hmm. I'm actually pretty good. Yeah, which I actually wind yeah. up – 
I wanted to bring up this um, real quick because I think it's interesting. Say we make the playoffs and we can face um, I, any of the top three seeds. And we're going to say for this that the Grizzlies have jaw back just to make it more interesting. Mm-hmm. Would you rather face the Nuggets, the Grizzlies, or the Kings in a playoff series? If Ooh. they have jaw back. Uh... They, they'll still be missing Brandon Clark with injury. And I'm assuming Steven Adams will be back for the playoffs. So they'll probably have him too. But Yeah. I don't know, man. Like, I, I definitely say not say nuggets? nuggets. I I say not Nuggets. I don't think I, I feel like Jokic is always just a bad matchup for us. See, I think the Kings have pretty much dominated us every time we play them. Uh, the yeah. Grizzlies, I'm very scared of because Jaren, we have no answer for Jaron Jackson Jr. He has his way with us anytime we play him. Um. I'm not even worried about Ja, and I think the last time we played them, they didn't even have Desmond Bain, and um, you know it was it was still like that. But I don't know, man. Some, something about the Nuggets, like obviously the last time we played them, I don't think they had Michael Porter Jr. back at that point. Um, I, I think Murray actually had a good game the last time we played them, but I don't know. I, I this is I don't like either one of them, Cone. <laughs> Yeah, it's, I, I mean, there's a reason I will, the I will go with the option for none of those, please. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I, I think like I, Nuggets to me historically is not. Uh, this is only like this is not recent. It's like for the last like few years. Like I feel like Jokic always has our number. So I, I just feel like I anybody but the Nuggets. But that's just mm. I don't know. That's just a hunch. Yeah, I mean, obviously the Grizzlies potentially without Jaw is easily the most ideal matchup. If we could yeah. have one, but mm-hmm. yeah, if Jaws back, it gets it gets really tough because I do think like the Nuggets, it like I don't know if they, they don't really have an answer for Shea, but obviously we don't have an answer for Jokic. We don't have a big, and if he just decides to take over, we're in big trouble. We're gonna have to just hope they miss a bunch of threes. It's an eight seed or a seven seed playing a one, two, or a three, so it's mm-hmm. like not ideal anyway. It's not ideal anyway. Yeah. Um, one or two games at that point. Yeah, like, I mean, okay. yeah, if, if, if we make the playoffs and win a couple of games, I'm totally satisfied with that outcome. Like, that is That's what uh, perfectly fine to me. Yeah, there you go. It's, I mean, it's what happened with the, the Grizzlies against the Jazz that year when they kind of were about to break onto the scene. And then next year, they broke onto the scene. Like, they they did that. I think there was another – or the Pelicans were supposed to this year if Zion didn't get hurt. They were the two-seed for a lot of the year. Um, yeah, they were looking good. Yeah. So, but I, I think I might have to agree that the Nuggets are the team that is most enticing to me, just from a matchup standpoint. Mm-hmm. Because, like you said, Dylan, Jaron Jackson destroys us. I don't really know if we stand a chance against if he is go if he's there. Um, and you know, John Morant. Uh, the Kings also terrify me. Some people are like, "Oh, I want the Kings. They're the best matchup. They're inexperienced. Firepower is insane." I do not want to. I do not want us to have to chase Kevin Herter off screens. We don't have an answer for Demontis Sabonis. We don't have like Dort's going to do. I think he's going to do a solid job on De'Aaron Fox, but Fox just kind of seems to figure out ways to score in the clutch. Regardless, the Keegan Murray knocking down threes. That team. The defense isn't great, but the offense is unstoppable, basically. Mm-hmm. So I just don't – I don't want any part of what the Kings are going to do. So, Yeah, and the other thing with the Grizzlies is they've got a lot of long um, and physical wings to throw at mm-hmm. Shea over the course of a seven-game playoff series. 
Yep. Yeah, David Roddy was really bodying up against Shea. And just, I think, yeah, I think over the course of a series, they're just, that physicality is going to weigh, is going to really like wear us down a ton. And, you know, against like the Nuggets or the Kings, it's not going to be as physical. So, yeah, and I don't want to play against Dylan Brooks in a playoff series. Me neither, man. Because if they just... win, I don't want to hear all that. I don't want to hear all mm-hmm. that if they win. But if well, we beat not... them, it would be so super satisfying. Yeah, it's not even that. Like, I don't want to run the risk of him like doing one of his dirty plays on a Shea, and that's also yeah, to miss time. liability. Like, I, oh, I would, I would be irate. I would change my name from Dylan, even though I spell it right and he spells it wrong. You just can't be. I agree. The way he does. The way he spells it is ridiculous. You can't have an I in your name if you're Dylan. All right, boys. Well, hey, let's let's check out the thun- or the Thunder schedule coming up. Let's let's do some predictions. So, I, mm. I put this tweet out uh, earlier on, and this this was including this Nets game. Um, so between the Nets, Raptors, and Suns, those were our next three games. I said that we win two of them. Uh, so we won Nets. So we're halfway there. Um, how do you guys think the Raptors Suns go? I'm riding the high. I'm going two and zero. Oh. Two and zero oh with it. I like it. What about you, Jeremy? Uh, we're just doing the next two. I'm going to say right now. Yeah, well, I'm going to move to okay. the next segment in a second. Okay, so I'll say one and one. I might. I'm going to try to go to the game on Sunday. Um, I was trying to go to the game tonight, but mm-hmm. um. Alex and Jerry were busy. So um, if I go to on the game on Sunday, I want to see a win. So I'm going to say we lose to the Raptors, win to Phoenix. Mm, I got you. Um, yeah, I I said we went, that we win two of these on Twitter, but I'm, I'm going to kind of change my mind here, and I'm going to go with Kona and say we win both of these next two because – we heard um, after the last Suns game that Shea is circling this Suns game because he didn't get a play in it. Like, he's very excited to play in it. Obviously, they don't have Kevin Durant, so that's a huge loss for them. But they still have Devin Booker, who could drop 45 on your best defender. And he seems no to hate what. us for some reason. Yeah. Why would you, why is Shea circling the Suns? Just because it's because he Because he missed it um, he missed the from the back-to-back, yeah. And I think he just wants to, you know, compete against Chris Paul because, you know, the whole mentor-mentee kind of thing. That, oh, okay, that makes sense, yeah. Um, and then we'll we'll just go to the next segment. We won't cover the rest of the whole season, but the next segment is... 42 and 40, we're done. <laughs> the <laughs> next segment is... You can figure it out for yourselves which ones we win and lose. Yeah, exactly. Just as long as you get to 42 and win column, you're fine. Well, the next segment is, is the road trip in which we play the Clippers twice and then the Lakers and then Portland Trailblazers. Uh, I said I think we win two in this. Um, I think I'm, I'm being as – I'm trying to be as objective as possible in saying that. Uh, Tierney, I'm going to go to you first. What is your prediction for that stretch? It's the all the way to Portland, you said? Clippers, Clippers, Lakers, Portland, yep. Okay. Uh, 0-4, Josh Giddy gets two triple-doubles. All right, I hope this is the reverse jinx. I'm not Dylan. I We've talked about this. 0-4. Okay, that's fine. Josh Giddy two triple-doubles, though. Okay. It kind of was up. Pretty Don't good. care. That that doesn't work for the 42-40 and 40 agenda. Uh, I also... <laughs> I'm also I, going statistically to go to, it does. Statistically, it does. Statistically, there's a chance we're going to go on a big win streak afterwards. Um, 
I'm also going to go two and two. I think we take one of those Clippers games, mm-hmm. um, and the or we take one of the Clippers, two of the Clippers, and why can't I do math in my head? One of those games <laughs> in the three, and then hour. the Blazers game. Good lord, that destroyed me. One of the LA games is that what you're saying? One of the say? LA games. Thank you. My God, I could not. <laughs> one of the games in Los Angeles. Two letters just completely destroyed my entire <laughs> way of processing thought. My God. They do that to you sometimes. Oh, that's that's amazing. All right, boys. Well, we've gone about an hour. I mean, I, I, I think everybody can tell we're excited. We have high hopes mm-hmm. and expectations for this team. Um, before we get off of this podcast and retire to the next time, um, the college basketball NCAA tournament starts this weekend. So let's kind of close out here and just talk our final four championship picks, what have you. Um, if you guys have them pulled up, uh, I'll I'll go to Tyranny first. Tyranny, you, you brought this up to me in text message. What What's your final four, That's sir? That's true. I did. Okay. So, um, Okay, so anyone who follows college basketball um, knows about the Alabama stuff. And I'm sorry, I'm gonna, I'm still gonna do it. I think Alabama's really good. I have them in my final four. Um, and then I'm trying to find the, I've got like, I, I was telling these guys before we got on, I've got like five brackets. I don't know which one I'm gonna choose here for my actually the one i want to publicly say but alabama's in all of them um that's not the right one i'm gonna say alabama i have kansas mm-hmm. um i have marquette i love marquette just ever since Dwayne wade played for them i just love them i don't know why um never watched them at all but i love them and then i think i'm gonna go with I was gonna say Xavier. Hold on. Yeah, I'll go with Xavier. So Alabama, Xavier, Marquette, Kansas. That's my final four. And then I'm gonna say Alabama wins it all. Okay. Uh, I I wouldn't say I also have Alabama in the final four here. Uh, I mean, what Brandon Miller's been doing this season, despite he's awesome. You know, what may be happening off the court or may not be happening off the court, is just insane. And they got some other. Hoopers on there um, with uh, Ricky Council and uh, Noah Clowney as well. So definitely have Alabama there. Uh, I have Houston in here in my final four. Uh, shout out to Jairus Walker, who I hope to be seeing in a Thunder jersey possibly after the draft. Um, alongside uh, Marcus Sasser, who was one of the best returning players in college basketball. Uh, hopefully he's good to go for the tournament. I have Arkansas in the final four Ooh, and wow. why I have Arkansas in the final four is that team has looked completely different since Nick Smith has returned to the lineup. Uh, I think the two headed monster of Anthony black and Nick Smith uh, kind of give me shades of Darren Fox and late month back in the day and the Kentucky days, just the one, two punch at the guard spot. Um, obviously the Arkansas team, I think they were in the elite eight last year. So um, you know, shout out to Boom Williams. He's on our team now, but a yeah. lot of that team uh, came back, and so they have that experience, and they're hungry for more. So I have Arkansas there. And then I have Kentucky, and I don't care what you guys say. 
It's a hundred percent not the same Kentucky, Dylan. I'm Ooh. always gonna put Kentucky in the championship. Not... I'm always gonna have them winning it. Um, Wait, but... so you have Ken- you have Kentucky beating? Hold on, Alabama. Yes. So, yeah. So a you have them beating. Yeah, Alabama. You have them beating. You have them beating uh, Duke. Oh no, I have, I have Duke getting upset in the first round. Yeah, or Roberts well, beat Duke. I'm not moved. Yeah, enough. that's I'm what I, we, we were talking about this before. <laughs> Oral Roberts. I, I'm 100 percent on Oral Roberts. They're the only Oklahoma mm. school, and screw Duke. But you have them beating. Uh, I have them beating Providence. Kansas I have them State. beating Kansas State. I have them beating Marquette. I have them beating Marquette? Purdue. I have them beating Alabama. And Purdue. Yes. You're so. Listen, my I can't say anything because my team was the only. Shout out North Carolina, only team ranked number one at the beginning of the season that didn't make the uh, March Madness, <laughs> the most disappointing season of all time. But that is still crazy. That's Listen, Tyrion, I don't necessarily believe it's going to happen, but I believe it could happen. Okay, that's all you need. All you need is the belief. That's all you need, I guess. Now we we've been talking about believing for the Thunder, so I guess I can't. Hey, mm-hmm. Ted Lasso comes out tomorrow, so believe. It's true. Yeah, it does. It's a great show. Great yeah, best show on television. Like, let's just it's call it. Show. All right, Colin, what's your final four in your championship here? Well, this is really interesting because oh, Tyranny no, and I, I have the I... we have the exact same final four. Alabama, no way. Alabama, Marquette, Xavier, Kansas is the exact same final four I have. For I some was, reason I you... thought you were gonna go Virginia somehow, but no, no, Virginia more than Dylan. I as bias doesn't want to be, Virginia is going out to Alabama in the Sweet 16, unfortunately. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like I mean, like you said, just for some reason, this is – I have not watched as much college basketball as most people this season. I've kind of just paid attention mm-hmm. to prospects whenever possible. Um, so, it's probably not the most educated takes, but, you know, sometimes those are the ones that work. So, yeah, those I've got Alabama work, yeah. versus Marquette. I've got Xavier versus Kansas. Uh, I've got Marquette coming out of the game against Alabama to face off against Kansas in the championship. And I've actually got Marquette winning the whole thing is the way that okay. I decided to go. I so, like that. yeah. So there we go. That's when, when you were giving your four, I was like, Oh, okay. Like, okay. I feel good now. <laughs> like you've got one of them, you've got two, you've got three. And then you're like, but this last one, I think I'm going to go with Xavier. And I was like, well, my whole section is going to be boring now because we have the literal exact same final <laughs> four. So your absolute um, guesses though. Yeah, but they're, I mean, because they match my guesses, they're the right guesses. There are the good guesses, yeah. I wanted to ask if y'all had any, like, Cinderella's going far. Mm, One of of my wildest picks, I have Creighton going to the Elite Eight. I don't know why. I kind of just, I just kind of just dig their logo. Shout out Trey Alexander. Trey Alexander from Edmond, Oklahoma. He plays on Creighton. Oh, they also uh, got Baylor Shireman, who was one of the top transfers uh, in the offseason. And they've got Arthur Kluma, who is a legit draft prospect. So they've got some players. I had um, – I'm just looking at my – I have another bracket that's like the all my um, upset picks. I have Vermont going to the Elite Eight somehow. Isn't Vermont a 15? They are a 15 seed. You're right, Cone. Wow. Love it. Who, who are they playing again in that first round? They play uh they play Arizona, who is really good. No, they don't. They play uh Marquette, who you have winning, so sorry. <laughs> yeah, that would be a that would be a rough outcome if that was the bracket that worked out for you. I don't know why I picked Vermont. I just was like I like their logo, I guess. I don't know. 
Oh, it, is, it is a really uh, fun logo. Every time I see Vermont, I want to pick them to win just because I can't even remember. I think there was thing. Vermont. Don't they have like the little, it's like the little, it's what's, the little the, what's the name of the monkey? It's like the, yeah, it's like a, it's like an animal of some kind around the V. Oh, they're a, a it catamount. A... It's a catamount or catamount. Yeah. That's catamount. Yeah. That's Thank what it you. Is. Thank you, Google. That's, it's a nice logo. Like what can I say? That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, when yeah, doing brackets, no. I mean, you know, upsets are gonna happen. So I always just, yeah. I always have like a random lower seed in the final four, just because I'm calling my shot. Oh, I also had Drake in the Elite Eight, and I just noticed that. No, I didn't know Drake bracket. was in the tournament, but they always make noise. I've got Kentucky losing the first round to Providence. Yep. So that's where I'm Same. at right now. I also did that. See, this this is my only because of Dylan. Yeah, this this is my thing about losing in the first round. Cal cannot afford to lose in the first round again. Like, if he loses in the first round, he's gone. Like, he's, oh, I'm so for he's it. out. I'm so far, baby. But also, there is a fun element in this. Um, Providence best player, Bryce Hopkins, actually Transfer. played for Kentucky last year. So, yep. he's he's had a good season at Providence. Revenge he's not, game. like, one of the best players or anything like that, but um or in the nation or anything like that but he is a good player uh i do think that jacob toppin Obi toppin's brother who plays for kentucky uh will probably draw the assignment to guard him and i i'm confident in that matchup that's all i gotta say and that was the only reason i picked providence is because i had been listening to some college basketball podcasts i don't normally listen to them but they're like this guy he transferred from kentucky because he didn't get enough minutes it's gonna be a revenge game and i was like okay that's all i need Robins. I'm all about revenge narratives. I don't care revenge. how long ago it was. Every time it's a player, <laughs> or plays if it's their even like team. actually a thing, I just yeah. I just assume it's to be a thing. Mm-hmm. Like Anthony Davis tonight against the Pelicans, he went off, and I mean, revenge there's a revenge game. game narrative right there. Also, I want to note Blazers are about to lose by uh, they're down 16 right now to the Knicks, so they're going to fall to 31 oh, yeah. and 38 on the season. So they're pretty well out of our way at this point. It feels like love it. Also, want to note that Anthony Davis is already ruled out for the Rockets game tomorrow. So maybe the Rockets nice. could uh, do nice. us a little God. favor. Please, Houston, please. For they already please beat Boston, this, man. They're gonna they're gonna mess up their own draft pick at the end of the season here and give us a little bit of a boost in the play-in race. Beautiful, man. I need it. I that need would it. Be incredible. I did. I did want to ask about the last thing I wanted to ask for bracket is there any um we talked about brandon miller and i think dylan you mentioned somebody but um is there anybody in the final four for your guys final fours that you like for the thunder because i know brandon miller is not going to be one we we get based off of our projected draft pick but mm-hmm. i have not been <clears throat> i usually do all my uh scouting during march madness and i make all of my wild assumptions about players then so i haven't we've really had a chance to to do that yet but you guys might mm-hmm. be you know watching closer than i have yeah i mean i guess if we're i, I mean i really think grady dick is he mm-hmm. would be a solid piece on the team if we end up making the plan but losing and we're like kind of on the edge of that lottery to not being in the lottery even if we end up making it and say we're like the eight seed um maybe there's a chance he ends up falling there but you know gives us some really really solid shooting a lot more defensive like a lot of solid defensive upside too I could see him being a really solid, just connecting piece that would be amazing to fit this team if we end up 
um, kind of around that range. So he's a player that I'm liking that. And then like, obviously, obviously, like you said, Brandon Miller, although there's no chance we have the chance to draft him, which is unfortunate, but yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I kind of mentioned him, uh, Jairus Walker um, mm-hmm. out of Houston. I mean, he's yeah, like a yeah. six, nine forward, like carved out of marble um, can pretty much do everything on the floor offensively and defensively um, to some extent. Uh, I, I just really have enjoyed his improvement um, throughout the season and like just a dog defensively and, you know, can get to a shot in a variety of ways. Uh, Anthony Black out of Arkansas. I know Andrew Schleck is super high on him. Uh, I don't personally love him in the draft because he can't shoot it. And like, I think if there was a year that the Thunder were going to prioritize shooting in the draft, it's freaking this year. Um, so I, I don't love that fit, but he is a guy. And also, like, uh, I mean, if you wanted to get crazy, Case Wallace out of Kentucky. And no, I'm not just saying this because he's out of Kentucky. He's legitimately probably the best guard defender I've seen in college basketball in like the past decade. And not only that, like he's there was a stretch in the season he was shooting 40% from three. That's dipped down a little bit because he's dealt with injuries, but he's still shooting like 35% from three on four attempts a game. Um, can distribute the basketball as well. So uh, I really, really like Case Wallace. Um, yeah, that's probably it out of my final four. All right. I don't have anybody. That's why I asked you guys because I'm horrible with this. Dylan, I also love Walker's game. If he could end up here, it would be incredible. Once again, I don't think we're going to get the chance to draft him, but. Yeah, he's skyrocketed, man. It's crazy. Yeah. I um, hate when the players I like get too good and then I can't get them. <laughs> too good. Dang it. It's, it's like peak at the right time, man. I also want to throw out, um, you know, obviously we're going to have our new ceiling circuit where we have all the draft guys, uh, Mavs draft. Um, I'm going to try to get some other draft people on here just so we can have like a bunch of different opinions so we can like cover all our bases on the draft. Um, Indiana has two guys that are actually hyphenated names. Uh, I think his name's Trace Jackson Davis and Mm -hmm. Jalen Hood Scafino. Both are guys that kind of fit the Thunder profile. Long wing type players who can you know, put the ball on the floor, put the ball in the basket in a variety of ways and, you know, are athletic and get after it defensively. So those are also guys that if we were to fall out of the lottery, I could, I would, I wouldn't be mad about getting them either. Just give us full hyphenated name rosters. That'd be so fun. Yeah. Rename the team to hyphenation. Mm -hmm. Build the longest last name lineup possible. Mm Mm-hmm. Just have, like, the, have the jersey jersey printer people in a in a tussle. Just make a circle around the number. Mm-hmm. <laughs> TJ Hushmanzada. All right. This is, it's well, it's going to be it's so fun to think about. Uh, March Madness in general is one of my favorite times of the year. Even though, like I said, I don't watch. The best. Like it's I don't best. watch as much college basketball as most people, just because mm-hmm. I don't really have time to do it. But um, you know, March Madness going on we've now got an OKC playoff hunt to like pay attention to when this team is playing super well. And then the playoffs around the corner, it's the best time of the basketball year. So very excited for that. What a time to be alive boys. It really is. What a a time to be a Thunder fan because you know, 
either we don't make the playoffs and we end up watching these great prospects that we get one of, or we end up making the playoffs and we see this team finally make a return and we end up winning the championship. So either way, we're going to, we're going to have a really good uh, off season afterwards. So. Yep. Oh, yeah. And, and Ted Lasso comes back on tomorrow. And Ted so, Lasso tomorrow. comes back. So excited. Uh, if anybody has Apple TV Plus login, they want to slide your boy. Uh, Dolan is not getting Apple TV Plus until Ted Lasso is done, so I can't watch it until then otherwise. So if you got that, slide let your boy. <laughs> but, Same, I think? Yeah. Oh, wait, no, I got, I got you, Dylan. I got you, Dylan. I got you covered. I'll bet. Let's go. Let, All right, let cool. me know after this. What a time to really be alive. Absolutely. What a time to be alive, I, I'm boys. stoked now. I, I was gonna. I was worried I wasn't gonna be able to see Jason Sudeikis on my screen tomorrow, but Matt Tierney saved my life. I'm sorry I called you a wet blanket. I'm sorry I called you Jared. Yeah, after all that you've done to Tierney, uh, he can't even hear. He doesn't even know like what is happening right now. His headphones just cut out. For those of y'all that can't see, it's we're currently watching Tierney trying to figure out what's happening. Dylan, now's your chance to say more nice things, but he he'll never know. <laughs> This is amazing. Um, all right. Well, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I relish the opportunity. But um, before we close out, I just want to say a couple things. Um, uh, first of all, um, if you haven't already, follow your boy on TikTok. Uh, I tried to get Cone on the TikTok game. He fell off a little bit, so I stepped in his I stepped in his shoes. I'm still waiting on the three cone follow, by the way, sir. Oh, um, I need to do that for you. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm on TikTok at Thunderjets. <laughs> I'm making a variety of videos. A lot of your last content, video. So. Your last video, by the way, was uh, very good. Like editing wise, that was that was very good. I just yeah. want to sh- shout that out. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of getting in my bag. I'm working with some of No Sailing social media people. They're showing me showing me some tricks of the trade. So I'm I'm trying to you know up my TikTok game a little bit and you know we'll be pulling some clips from the podcast uh, much like we did with our Ooh. boom williams nickname one so um be on the lookout for that but yeah follow me at thunder chats just like i am on twitter i think i'm at like 83 followers now so i would love to get to Let's 100 and then in the, in the next day or two that would be amazing so uh you know just trying to look to kind of keep growing this thing i'm having a lot of fun with it having a lot of fun interacting with uh people i see on twitter and also people that i don't see on twitter so uh definitely hit me up on that and tell you know tell a friend to follow me as well so i would appreciate that um but other than that uh, the other thing that i want to say is this podcast once again is brought to you by betonline.ag uh, I, I realized that i had to say that at the end of every podcast as well before we started recording so now that i've done that i hope everybody has a great night God bless. Hoop when you can. And as always, Thunder up. Thunder up. Thunder up. Thank you for listening to the Topic Thunder podcast. Our podcast is available to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review, and follow us on Twitter at OKC Topic Thunder. Thunder up! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.